attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hey there. It is another week, another day, another episode of Adam and Dana's Musings, also known as Gen D, Generation Disney, uh, the podcast by millennial-ish parents for basically everybody. Like, I guess we're, we say we're for like, you know, families and younger parents and all that, but whatever. We're for everybody that's as big as a Disney freak as we are. Or not Disney freaks. If you're just like listening to us ramble on about things that you're like, why do they just have all of this knowledge living rent free in their heads about Disney? We don't know. We can't answer that question for you, but you're here. And so enjoy our crazy antics about Disney. It's so weird, right? Like, because I'll be sitting there and I'll be like racking my brain trying to think about something like about everyday life or like, you know, I I don't know, non-Disney. But then like... Disney facts just like spout out. So I have no idea. It's a weird, it's a weird mental issue that we have, but it's good. I'll take it. We have problems. <laughs> good problems. But I'm okay with it. Uh, well, look, an, another week. Um, I think before we, things are going to be a little different this week, but before we get to that really quick, the big, the big thing on top, we are now officially on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening to us on another device and prefer Apple, you can now find us on Apple Podcasts. If you go to our Instagram handle at Generation D Pod, it the in the bio there's a link directly to the podcast. You can search Gen D Podcast and we pop up pretty quick. So love us, rate us, review us, do all those things so we go higher up in the Apple Podcast algorithms of whatever that is. Beyond Adam, me. I genuinely thought you were going to go knock on the doors of Apple since you live so close by was, with all of the shenanigans you went through last week. Like I was getting texts from Adam at like 11 and night being with screenshots being like, look, we're finally up. Oh, wait, no, we're not up. Oh, darn it. Something didn't work. Like he was in it. And I just stood back and was like, yeah, you got this. So thank you for taking one for the team. We and were us on Apple podcasts. Yeah, we. I, I was very close to driving down to Cupertino and basically demanding um, attention and then put our podcast up. But we're up. We're there. Uh, love us, like us, rate us, all those things. Um, uh, or tell us you hate us and rate us that way, too. Well, that that's fun. Um, no, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> it, we're there. We're up. Um, so please check us out there. Um, also, exciting news. I wanted to share that we have our very first guest of the podcast visiting us. So we have Jamie Clark Yelvington here. That's me. Hi. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hey. What's up? Yeah, we, we figured we'd do things a little differently this week and bring the amazing Jamie on board. Jamie, our first guest to join us, who uh, is a former Disney cast member at Disneyland and has all kinds of good, juicy, deep, dark, dirty little secrets to tell us, right? I do. Yeah. I mean, I hope I don't get in trouble for him. But yeah, I got tons. You never signed an NDA with the mouse, no, right? No, I don't it's think fine, right? I don't think NDAs were a thing. I mean, it was before social media. It was before I think I got away scot free. So, so before we get into the uh, put you on the hot seat to get all the juicy details about your time there, and just a preview of coming attractions, Jamie apparently has some crazy stories about the rides and shenanigans and. Uh, and openings and all that stuff. So we'll get to that in a second. But we do have a couple little 
mouse musings to get into before we dive in. So obviously the big one is Disneyland is officially reopened. We cried. I watched all the videos. I cried. I, I don't know about you guys. Did you? Dana, was, no, was it I didn't you didn't cry. cry? I'll cry, I think, when I go, but I did not cry. I cry. I, I cried when I went to Touch of Disney, which shocked me. I'm not really like a theme park crying kind of girl. But I did like shed a slight tear. Uh, but no, I watched all the videos and I was so excited for people to be back. And it was really fun to see. Like, um, I think the big piece of it was like they had all of the cast members lining Main Street and waving with, to all of the guests walking in for like the first hour that they were open. So I'm sure if I were there, I would have been very emotional. Yeah, but are they going to do that like – now I'm kind of like, well, we're not going till June, but I want I want my own special interests with the cast members. I want the cast members lining Main Street in June for my first time back because you know what? It's been a while for me too. And just because I can't get there until June doesn't mean I don't get the special treatment that all those people who got there on opening day got. Dang it. I think you're going to miss it. I don't think they're going to have it. I think they'll have one person out maybe greeting you like normal. The photo pass person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then saying, the guest give me relations the money. person give me who's the money. also asking to have you uh, fill out their form, their questionnaire. Oh, yeah, the survey people who are always around. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, so it, it's reopening. It was fun watching all the stuff. They did a really cool special um, welcome back to Disneyland uh, thing on the Disney Parks blog the night before cast member previews started. And I did watch that. Uh, my husband and I were sitting on the couch watching it. We definitely got a little choked up seeing the castle light up and they did it to like when you wish upon a star. And I mean, come on, like, of course. Oh, tug at the heartstring. So it was beautiful to watch that. Um, and it was really like they put it out for everybody, but it was like a special message from um, Ken and others. Ken, who uh, runs Disneyland and others to all the cast members. Ken to Welcome Rock. Yes. Is that his last name? Yeah, Pot Rock. I think so. Pottery. Pot Rock. That's a cool last um, name. Pot Rock. Pot Rock. Like Pop Rocks. Oh, my God. You remember Pop Rocks? Oh, <laughs> Yes. You know, there's actually like speaking of Pop Rocks, you know, there's this Israeli candy that is chocolate with Pop Rocks inside of it. Ooh, Mm. I'd be into that. So it's like dark chocolate and you bite into it and then it does all the like pop, 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 pop things in your mouth when you're eating the chocolate. I also feel like I never actually ate Pop Rocks, but all I ever did was put it in Coke. Oh, I never put it in Coke. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a science experiment. So it's like. Is it like it the really like explode. the um is it like the Mentos and Coke? Mentos and Diet Coke. Remember that one? Yep. Yeah. That's also a TikTok thing right now. Or maybe it was a year ago. That was that came Everybody's back? That, that was like from years yeah. ago. It's like everything comes back on TikTok. So um it look, it it looked really cool. It was special to see it reopen. Um we know some people who were down there. Uh you know, I think the the big thing to remind people uh is that even though um, other parks in California, like SeaWorld and now Universal Hollywood, are allowing vaccinated out-of-state guests in. Disneyland is still big, big red, no, putting the kibosh on out-of-state guests. And, you know, we had talked about, like, what are they going to do? How are they going to check? Like, come on, they're really going to check IDs. They're going to check residency. Apparently, they were legitimately checking for California IDs, proof of mm-hmm. residency, all these things when you were at the gates. And uh, reports are some people got turned away at the gates on opening day. I heard that too. I heard also if you're at California Adventure and you're getting a drink, they are checking like everybody's IDs, not necessarily if they think that you're under 21, but because they want to make sure you have that California ID. 
It, it, uh, well, you know, I told you a few weeks ago, my husband and I finally went after a year of living here with New York IDs. Would the catalyst to get us to finally go get our California driver's licenses? We're knowing we wanted to go to Disneyland when it reopens. So that's what forced us to finally go to the DMV to get our California IDs so that we can go to Disneyland. Not because legally we should have gotten them like months ago because we live in California. But like, no, the catalyst was we want to go to Disneyland. So we better go get our IDs and deal with the DMV. I'm glad you did. I think it was worth it. So, so yeah, know that people are, um, people are being turned away. Um, but I, I, I cannot imagine that, you know, the mouse is going to turn away out of state money for much longer. I, I think they're going to be, they, you would think, right? I would imagine. I mean, they're still only at 25% capacity. First off, Jamie, can you imagine working there at 25% capacity? Do you think you ever saw a park attendance that low? I did actually. Uh, really? see a park attendance that low. I mean, it's also known as heaven when that does happen. But um, I, I remember working there during, a, there was an El Nino season. So it was just raining nonstop for weeks. And uh, I mean, there was just nobody anywhere. Usually that's my favorite time to be there because you can get on everything. Not much closes because of the rain. Um, mm-hmm. But to do that every day, is I mean, I kind of think I think that the reduced capacity is obviously because of COVID, but I think that they're doing the in-state thing first to kind of give a little boost to their annual pass holders that they don't really know what they're doing with yet. Because, right. mm. you know, when they when they closed off all of the signups for Star Wars land to not include pass holders, nobody was there. So obviously, oh, yeah, that's right. Right? Like, remember, like, yeah. it was the big opening and everybody was so excited and no one was there because none of those people were a part of it. So it's obvious that that's a big part of, like, the population culture at totally Disneyland. So I think they're kind of trying to cater to those first until they figure out what's going on with the annual passes. And then when they do that might be when they start to open it up for out of state too. Well, that the yeah. passes was a little nugget of news that Ken dropped in somewhere this week. And we were all like, wait, what? So apparently some form, we knew nothing about it, but some form of annual pass is coming back at some point this year. Nobody knows. The My guess is year. like, you're I get, yeah, by the end, right? Yeah. He said at the end of this year, we're going to announce something for annual passes and so, we'll make everybody happy. It was it was very broad. It was like a dangling of a carrot, really. <laughs> by, by making everybody happy, be prepared to put a $50,000 down payment on, sign your life away and also your <laughs> first two born children. Um, and then you can have an annual pass to Disneyland again. But I, my, I bet like things like monthly payment plans, all those things are going to be out the window because my guess is they're going to want to reduce the number of annual passes that are out there for a while. I agree with you 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. And I think I like I wonder if like the Southern California pass, the Northern California flex pass, if those things are going to be things of the past, too. I think they'll always have some sort of reservation system here going forward for their annual pass holders. But um, I think gone are the days of like hopping in the car the morning of to say like, let's just go down to Disneyland if you have an annual pass. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Well, we'll see. So anyway, look, it was all kinds of exciting. Oh, the other the other thing before I forget, because it's one of my favorite things, Ken also little nugget from Ken. Nuggets from Ken. Should that be a segment we do whenever he like drops things? Should yes. we call it Ken's Absolutely. Nuggets? Ken's Nuggets. <laughs> no, no, we can't. No. We want to make this a family friendly show. <laughs> nuggets fine. Nuggets from Ken. Um so Nuggets from Ken. The other one, he said Jungle Cruise will reopen this summer. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's yeah. Cool. So even though it's all completely walled off right now with construction walls, you know, the one thing he did not talk about was the Matterhorn. And I really need the Matterhorn to reopen because it that janky old roller coaster is one of my favorite things. I think you're by yourself on that I, one. I'm not, a, I'm not a. What? It's I'm so fun. It like yeah. really rattles your bones from the inside the entire way through on that thing. And I just I love it. I love it so much. I don't know why I just do that bobsled thing, like running around that mountain and your bones ache afterwards. It's great. It's vintage. Yeah, it is. It is vintage. Yeah, and I do love that. the story of like the basketball court inside the middle of it. Have you, Jamie, did you ever see that? Did you ever go yes, in I there? Did. I did. How, I mean, I come on, was it cool? Uh, super cool. It's a half basketball court. So it's not like. I mean, it's tucked away in there, but it's pretty neat. Um, yeah. Did shenanigans cool. happen in the mountain? Did, I don't like, know. Did too- shenanigans happen? I am sure they did. I did not work that attraction or really like that side of the park too much, but I could only venture to say that they did. Plus, that's also the path that Tinkerbell needed to use to get to the top for the um, for the fireworks, fireworks when she would Oh, fly. yeah, when she flies off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that there was a ton of things that happened in there. But <laughs> <laughs> One day, one day somebody will spill the tea on what goes on inside the Matterhorn Mountain. Um, I know. I'm surprised they've never done like some sort of special tour for all of those did. little things that people want to see. Like, you know. Oh, yeah, they haven't really done that. But they did do a little tour of the half basketball court, I think, in the Imagineering special on Disney Plus, which I think yeah. I reference like every time we do an episode. Um, oh, there's like so an good. old, there's an old Imagineer who I think helped shepherd the the ride in, and he goes up there, and I think he throws a basket. Oh yeah, and, the, talks and there was like the how they sign the wall or um, yeah. 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 yeah 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 totally yeah. yeah I remember seeing that. So you oh. see it, it's a little underwhelming. I mean the basketball court. It's it's cool. It's still cool. It's cool. Like, it exists. I don't know. So um look, there's good stuff there. Uh so we're again, we're super stoked to be able to get down there. Stoked. I do live in California now. I just dropped the voice. <laughs> um stoked, dude. Bro. <laughs> so we're excited to get down there uh in a few weeks. The countdown is on. Until then, we just have to keep talking about it and uh keep watching all the videos. Um you know, oh, and I guess the other thing they did say, which you know, Dana, you and I kind of predicted this a couple weeks ago. They said the lines were definitely uh, daunting looking, but nothing was really nothing went over an hour. I don't think on opening day or the day after, even with people spaced out and um, the lines like snaking through the entire park. I think they said the bottleneck was over, of course, in New Orleans Square between Haunted Mansion and Pirates just because there's long outdoor queues. But that makes sense. But again, don't be distracted like the lines. The lines look really long, but remember, it's because everybody is six feet apart from one another. So it, it may look like this nightmare of a line, and then you're through in 20 minutes. 
Yay. But we'll see. And the last little piece of news that they announced was the um, Avengers Campus, which we do know is an opening at the very beginning of June. I think it's June 4th. June 4th. Um, they announced some cocktails on their menu there, which I think Adam and I are very excited about. Another screen share that Adam sent me this morning at like 7 a.m. was the, the boozy drinks. These, these are um, things I think about when I wake up in the morning. What cocktail are we having later? <laughs> well, I'm going to read them to you guys, and I want to hear which one you're most excited about. So the first one's called the Experiment, like the letter X. It is Patron Silver Tequila. Lime juice, habanero, and mango syrup garnished with a mango-flavored popping pearl. So that's one. The second one is called the Molecular Meltdown, which is a garage-brewing marshmallow milk stout with vanilla ice cream and topped with mini marshmallows. Mm. Then they have the Honey Buzz, which is the Plymouth Gin, lemon juice, honey premium syrup, Elysian Space Dust IPA, and a honey edible straw. And the last one they have is called the Particle Fizz, which is an endless summer hard seltzer and cherry flavored pearls. Oh, wait, but there, there's one more, which I didn't get to oh. on the screen grab. Yeah, there's well, one more, which is might be my favorite. And it does sound a little dangerous, but I'm kind of curious. It's the Regulator. So it's Patron Silver Tequila, Lime Juice, Habanero and Mango Syrup. With Golden Road Mango Cart Wheat Ale garnished with the mango flavored popping pearls. That one. That yeah. one I want to do. Yeah. Beer and tequila together. Mm. Well, I was going to say the um, Honey Fizz, the gin and the IPA. I'm very excited about that one, too. Jamie. I like Jamie? the first one. The, other, the mango the with the one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the mango with the habanero. Because I do probably, like the uh, I like the habanero uh, margarita. So I was going to say, it's probably like a spicy mango margarita would be my guess. Yeah. It's kind of what it sounds like to me, too. I don't know, but I'm not complaining. Another place for some cocktails inside DCA. Like, all right. And it looks like that's like going to be like quick service cocktails, I guess. It's because it, it, it won't be at right. Pim's or Prim, 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 Prim. It won't be at Prim's test Pim kitchen. Particle. It'll be at his Pim tasting lab, which is like next door. So they so they've got the f- quick service thing, which is the Pim test kitchen. Where they got all kinds of like crazy weird food, gigantic pretzels or like a chicken sandwich with like a tiny a massive chicken fried chicken thing, which it, like Dana, you might have an issue with because I think it's going to be like the turkey legs like in well, size. But it's going to be this like ginormous chicken patty breaded with a little bun. Um, wait, so did I miss something? Did you just yuck the turkey leg? Oh, oh yeah. Dana yes, has a full on yuck on the turkey legs. Always have. I'm not what? into it. I no. want to also be clear, I've never had a turkey leg because the sight of them alone just grosses me out. It's too big. It's the size of your head. It smells No, terrible. it's the size of your head because you're a minuscule <laughs> person. <laughs> For the rest of us, it is a delicious, large, Flintstone-like, protein-filled deliciousness that people run to Disneyland to get. And they're not I even going to have it when they reopen. Oh, it's I uh, well, Dana. Mark my word. If it is back by the time we go at the end of June, I will be buying one, and I will be filming you eating a turkey leg because this will happen. 
This will happen. The people want to see it, right? Jamie, yeah, Jamie is the I, I people support this because we 100%. have like 10 people. So Jamie is the people and she's representative uh-huh. of the people. And this is what the people want to see. So the people will get what the people want. And that is Dana eating a turkey leg on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. No, um, I do not need that star <laughs> quality celeb status of um, consuming. There's a no choice. On like media. it's it's if okay, all five of you listening, if you want Dana eating a giant turkey leg on Instagram, please let us know. DM us, email us, and uh, the more the merrier. And Dana will fully enjoy. <laughs> A turkey leg. I do succumb we may to have to like, pressure, but we may have to like straitjacket you and like tie you down. They're just so gross it. looking, and I just don't understand. And you know you're going to gain twenty pounds just by looking at it. Like it's there's just so no gross. planet that you're gross that it's gross looking. Number one. Number two. <laughs> I've been on Weight Watchers for a year, and turkey is so low in point. Like you can eat turkey and eat turkey and eat turkey and you hardly gain anything it is super good for you it is very low and also it's delicious jamie why are you advocating for the turkey like it's so big it looks like it's eight pounds it's an eight pound turkey like it's just wrong it It looks bad and then we're gonna have a giant pickle with it oh i don't do pickles oh i know see yeah thank you this is we got we got issues we got to work through this is, these. This is really I, rough right now. I don't even know what's happening. I'm waiting for her to say she for hates over churros. Over a decade, Jamie. Might... I don't know. I'm surprised you don't know this information. I about didn't. Me. I didn't know this at all. I don't. I mean, like I'm a, trying. To I think... don't like pickles. I don't want to eat a turkey. Like I like turkey. I don't want to eat one. And pickles, just I. I it's a texture thing. I don't like the texture. Of pickles. So the pickle thing is not the beautiful large pickle that you get in the bag with the juices at Disneyland. It's a pickles overall. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, but right, in the fair. bag with that's the fair. juices, oh, on a hot day, that salty goodness. Oh. It's so good. <laughs> Dana, we got we got work to do. All right. So Ugh. uh we, yeah, let I mean we're we're Jamie well, tell us. Let's, yeah, let's just jump into it. Let's talk about Jamie and all of her great stories. And, this is so um, weird. <laughs> is this weird? Are you having well, I mean, fun? No, it's super fun. I haven't – it's just bizarre that people would want to hear all this stuff. I mean, oh, we want to hear it. I love – like, I loved working there, and I still talk about it so fondly. And, you know, I really love the parks and everything. I can see I'm wearing a Haunted Mansion shirt. I just noticed that. Aww. Oh, people at home can't see, but no, um, they can't. But you, they can't see. But it's a really cute Hana Mansion shirt. It's purple, and is it the wallpaper? It is the wallpaper. wallpaper. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of Disney stuff going on in my life. It really sticks with you. But I bet. Well, let me tell everybody what how we know each other real quick. So. Jamie and I met in 2010. We were working at Warner Brothers. She was my tour guide manager, and we were in the tour department. So we gave tours of the Warner Brothers lot. And I think, Jamie, you'd been there for a few years before I started. A couple years, yeah. Immediately I knew this girl and I clicked because like on day two, after like a training session, she's like, guys, you want to see my dog? And she's showing me her dog, Floyd, like pictures of him. And she had just given him a bath the night before. And he's the cutest little pup. And he looks like Falcor because he's got these giant ears and he's a long body and he's white. Um, She's like, his name is Floyd. And I was like, where'd you get Floyd? She's like, from the Muppets. 
right? <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I'm this girl. And then, of course, she starts sharing all these great stories with me about her Disney days, which you're about to hear in a second. And I think it was like four months later, she got married to John, who is one of my other favorite humans. Um, and my husband and I were going to Disney World and we just happened to crash John and Jamie's honeymoon at Disney World. And we went on a bunch of rides together and we ate at Sci-Fi Diner together and it was so much fun. So our love of Disney goes back for a long time. And then Jamie and John and Ryan and I became next door neighbors, like friends style. We lived in the same apartment with like a bunch of units of our friends. So it was so okay. wonderful and lovely. Um, and then Jamie and John had to up and leave me and move all the way to North Carolina. Yes, we did. And so now we have four-hour-long conversations once a month. Yeah, and, <laughs> we do. And it's wonderful still. So we still have a great relationship with you. But uh, honestly, I've heard your stories over the past decade about Disney. It's like you just drop a little story every now and then, and I love them. And so you have worked like almost half of the attractions at Disneyland, you have some cool event stories. And I just want to jump in and hear your story. Um, so maybe you can start off, Jamie, and tell us a little bit about how you first learned that Disney was hiring and what that process was like. Yes. Thank you, Dana, uh, for the glowing introduction. I <laughs> um so my introduction to Disney was a little – obviously, I'm from Southern California, born and raised. So I went to Disneyland my whole life. We had annual passes as a kid. Um, I also think a lot of these things have been so long. So I want to preface everything with, like, I might not be remembering everything crystal clear. But I'm pretty sure that as a kid – like, I'm pretty sure we were one of, like, the first groups of people to get annual passes. I don't think it was something before, like – the 80s-ish. I don't think it was something Disney did. I think it was like a new thing for them. Well, forget the legacy pass holder thing. Like, you guys should be like the OG pass holder. Like, there should be a super level yeah. for like people who are the originals. Who are the originals. Where I you'll mean, get, instead up, of like, but... you know, a 15% discount for giving up your pass, you get like a 20. Like, yeah, I know, all, right? That's all Disney. 18. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I will. Uh, so I was a cheerleader in college. And we were uh, driving to a football game at Mount Sac, for anybody who's in the area that was out there. <laughs> and we uh, stopped by to, like, do a dance audition for the parade and started to go through the audition process. And I was still in it. And then we had to go because the football game was going to – we had to get to the game. That was, like, the point. Um, uh -huh. Oh, so like the, on your way, sorry. So on your way to the football game, you like stopped to audition to be in a parade at Disneyland? Yes. <laughs> and yes, because the auditions like were that day. you and the whole day. squad? Like we had just found out about, I don't think it was everybody. I think it was like some of them. Okay. Uh, but I feel like we were even in like our like Saddleback College outfit. Like I remember having like the colors on while I was doing, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, we were like 20. What did we know? Uh, and so I, I couldn't finish the audition and I had to tell them that I had to leave and they like didn't understand. Like, I don't think people did this. They were like, well, if you, if you leave, we can't cast you. Like if you, if you were going to have a shot, then you're going to lose it. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I have a football game I have to get to. We're cheering tonight. <laughs> and the guy who was at the table, I remember he was like, you are, exactly the kind of person that Disney would hire, you know, the park is hiring too. You really should look into that. 
And that's when I was like, huh, I could work at Disneyland. Like, maybe I could. So I did. I, I contacted the casting office and I went in and I remember a, a girl who was on the cheerleading squad with me. Um, I had gotten this position in attractions and they had asked me if I wanted east side or west side, which I did not know what that meant. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, east side is everything on the east side of the hub of Main Street. So Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. And then west side is Adventureland, Frontierland, New Orleans Square, that side. And she told me that I needed to work on west side attractions because that's where all the guys were. Ooh. <laughs> so I did. And she was right. And were they? Yes. She was right? Okay. Good. Yes. Yes. Uh, correct. So I hired into Disney – October 19th, 1996, and uh, learned my first ride, Splash Mountain. That was like height of like goth phase at Disneyland, wasn't it? Like 100, 100, so true. Also the height of like the swing dancing at the Carnation. Yes. Um, yeah, like that was is really this when the, Is this when the dance, the daytime dance club was at Disneyland too? There was the daytime dance club. I mean, I had... Like, I had annual passes all through high school. We used to ditch school and go dance to the band at at Tomorrowland Terrace, like, before there was – I mean, I have stories about that that I can't share on this podcast because this is supposed to be for families. But, uh, <laughs> like, but like, before they turned that's all for that Gen into D, the, That's for Gen D after dark coming soon. Gen D after too. dark, yeah, like, after the, dark. like the big brother thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that was, like, the big – I mean, that was before – it was just after Videopolis, so because I'm old, but I'm not that old. But they were still like they were trying to figure out how to get music in the park. So, yeah, oh. it was okay. So Splash that. Mountain. So Splat, Splash, like Mountain. you don't know this. Splash Mountain has a special place in my heart. It's my favorite of the mountains. Like I love the ride. I love how I just bonkers. I I do not support the movie that it's based off of, but I do love the ride. And I love how bonkers like the laughing places. And like, I remember the very first time I ever rode Splash Mountain and you like plummet down into the laughing place. And I was like, what drugs were these Imagineers on when they created this insane, like why? And I've talked about this bear before, which God help you, Disney, the bear that hangs upside down and is dipping in and out of the water better somehow make it into the princess and the frog version of mm. splash mountain. And if it doesn't, we got issues, but it's yeah, my it's favorite thing in the world to tie up there. Anyway, don't go anywhere with That's that anyway. But, um, so I, I just, I love that ride. I love that. That was the first ride that you worked on. Give me, give me something. I, I need too. stories. I know story because the only good like Splash Mountain story I know of is in Florida, which thank God we don't have this problem in California. But in Florida, the like the the like the have you seen the YouTube video? The cast member like shocking the alligator, trying to get the alligator like out of Splash Mountain as oh, people are yes. like riding by on the boats, like la da da, having no, a good time, I and like off the that. side, there's a cast member like trying to get an alligator out of the ride. <laughs> Florida. Oh my gosh, it's I have like not out- seen that. It was like outside, too. so you know how there's like a little bridge that you cross yeah. by and you can see everybody dropping on the ride. It was like that little lake right outside <laughs> of the the log flume part. Well, Welcome to Disneyland. Too. You might or Disney World. You might be a <laughs> snack. Right. So okay, so give us give us the highlights of Splash Mountain, like working at Splash Mountain. Some the bridge. highlights. Um, I loved I loved Splash Mountain. I think you always have a soft spot for your first attraction. Um. So it was really a place 
I loved it. Um, I remember the training process was pretty intense. It was like three days. Because you don't really think about the fact, especially as a young kid, like how much safety you have to make sure it's happening. Like you're in charge of making sure that people don't get hurt, essentially, to a point. There was the guy who lost his finger. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. Like like he got his finger ripped off. Oh, you got it. By the log and the flu. Yeah. I mean, listen, listen, everybody. This isn't a joke. Please keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Like, they're not just saying that for fun. That's like a thing um, that you, you really need lose to a do. Finger. And he he had his hand like on the log, like chilling on the side, and it was going up the lift. And didn't he didn't move his hand, and it got stuck in between the lift and the thing. We had to go out and get his finger. It was in like the little like filtering like water section and like bring it back to him oh my god oh my god and then Did the beauty you have to retrieve is, the finger we I found there it when, I, yeah I, <laughs> did you we, did I, it get salvaged and like go on ice and get re-sewn onto him or something well, we never heard what happened like they whisked them away to like you know the hospital or whatever and it's not like they really come back or anything so we don't know what happened in my in my head he got his finger put back on and everything's great Oh my god! I hope that's what happened. And also in my head, he has kept his hands inside the vehicle at all times going forward in his life because he learned uh, what happens when you don't. I guess. So but, since um, it's a log flume ride, were there ever times where like one of the log flumes would just um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just start to take on too much water and start to drown itself? No, that was impossible because uh, it would uh, kind of like the. Um, like the stopper at your t- at the top of your bathtub, uh-huh. um, you know, and it gets to that point, and then it's, the water starts to recede off the back end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we never really had any sort of issues with high water or low water in there. It managed to regulate itself pretty much. Um, I mean, most of the time, anything anything downtime related would be a, a s- single sensor failure with the. The main thing I remember, and that's also when, like, because the sensors on Splash Mountain are very sensitive. Um, So I remember we always used to go down at, like, midnight on any New Year's Eve because everybody would, like, throw their hats and their stuff in the air. And then it would land and block a sensor, and then the ride would go down. Then we'd have to evac it. So uh, that was, like, a really common thing for the ride to go down. But also, like, animatronic-wise. Like, there's certain – in every ride, there's a hierarchy of the – animation and there's certain animation pieces that if that thing is not working the whole ride goes down so so there's some things where it cannot be working and it's fine the ride can still operate but there's like almost like glory pieces in a way um so Mm -hmm. that would happen to like do you remember what those were in splash uh well in splash mountain it was definitely the um the finale. So if the the big showboat, yeah, if the showboat was, and and then we know, you know that all of those animatronics also were, were salvaged from oh, another yes. ride. You, you should listen to oh, our first yes. first episode. I think yeah, talked about that as the vault. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're all from America Sings. They are yeah. from America Sings. Um, so if I get that, I remember one time that. Do you remember the part in the ride? You're like you're going through the flume and then there's a um like one of those like uh 
railway like yeah yes, it, the yeah, um, and, railway and the rabbit car. is on it yep. yep yep so he had like passed out or so i don't even know what happened he had like fallen back like his feet were stationary but he had like fallen backwards and was hanging and literally looked like he'd been shot like somebody so we had to stop the ride for that because it was like it, and and the thing was just going back and forth and he was like just laying there all brer so. fox got brer rabbit and yeah end, brer fox, that yeah. version so yeah um uh, i was i was telling dana the other day like we we were down at Disney World a few months ago, and you could definitely tell with the animatronics that like Splash Mountain, as we know it, is on its way out. Um, I think mm-hmm. I mentioned this the other day because like stuff was just not working, and it was like they did not care. Like Bro Rabbit, care. like one eye was not really opening. <laughs> like the frogs were like not spouting the water like they spout anyway. So. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, but that's kind of crazy, right? Like, as a former cast member, isn't that weird that they would, like, just run the ride with half the animatronics, like, janky and broken, and they just don't care anymore because they know it's all getting changed? Yeah, it is weird. There's the, there's the four key stones of Disney service, and it's mm-hmm. safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency. So technically... And fourth, or fifth, show. they're adding inclusion. Are they? Uh-huh. Which is, I mean, it, it's great. They should yeah. be. But I, I kind of feel like Disney's always been pretty inclusive. So it's. Well, don't ask really Mr. Dramatic. Man down at writing for the opinion piece for the Orlando Sentinel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you oh, see this? Oh, is that this? the guy who wrote that? Is he the one who wrote that thing that said that it was ruining the magic? By yeah. Yeah. Yes. By letting That's people horrible. be people and express their own, like, gender identities, what? it's now ruined his Terrible magic. Dude. Well, guess what, buddy? Go, go somewhere else. Like. Didn't, yeah. Disney don't need your money. <laughs> like nobody's, <they> got, <laughs> nobody's doing this just for you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's very true. What were Jamie, we, what were we I saying? don't remember what we were saying. You were saying, oh, um, the five, the oh, four, the, the, the four pillars. So yeah. show everything, everything comes before efficiency. So everything, courtesy, show, and obviously safety is number one. But even the show comes before efficiency and efficiency in layman's terms, is getting as many people through the ride as possible every day mm-hmm. mm. with the other things in place. So, I, I mean, there's definitely been some times where I've seen some things and I'm like, wow, they should really have fixed that before they opened it. But um, I think in some ways maybe some of that has been switched. I don't necessarily know. But in the in the case of Splash Mountain, it is definitely because it is not doesn't make viable sense to do any sort of fixing if in a month or two or whenever that is, that it's all going to be redone anyway. Can I, can I ask, cause you're talking about downtimes and like, you know, when, when a ride goes down, you're like, Oh dang it. I really wanted to ride that. Like Indiana Jones, right. That thing goes down all, all the time. The time. These cast members should all like go work for the federal government later because they hold state secrets in them. Like, because, right, so you go up, like, me as a guest, I'm going to go up and be like, oh, why is it down? They're like, oh, it's just down. Like, they never tell you why it's down, and they never tell you how long it's going to be down. And they are so good. the magic. I know, but they are so good about, like, not telling you anything and doing That's it correct. with a smile, right? Like, mm-hmm. what what is that about? Because, like, I'm sometimes curious. I'm like, oh, well... You know, like you guys know more, like the cast members know more than they let on, right? Like you have a better idea of when that thing might reopen or 
No, are you guys like completely? Are you are you just being cheeky and like holding in your like Disney secrets that you've been sworn to? We no, we know the answers we're supposed to say. Most of the time, we know what's wrong with the ride. So, but but you know, we're not really going to tell. It, it's just broken down right now. It works. Also, at that point, like like sometimes I wish people would just watch everybody in the parade of people who like it's literally a line of people asking that person the same question. Mm-hmm. When if some of them would just listen to the answer that they gave the person in front of them. No, like, but you're like, going to tell me a different answer than you right, told that exactly, person two minutes ago. Exactly. Like, I remember, I remember this one time there was this little boy and Splash Mountain was down and he came up with his dad and the dad was so mad because it was closed. And I was talking to the little boy and he was so sweet. And I was like, you know, like, it's like sometimes when your car isn't working and, and you have to take it to the garage to fix it. And he's like, yeah. Like, it's like that. And then it's fixed, and then you'll get it back. And the kid was like, okay, I get it. And then the dad was like, our cars don't break down. And then he walked away. I was like, all right. I'm sure they don't. Um, Yeah, I'm sure he got that. But to answer your question, this is a very helpful tip for people. We have no idea how long something's going to take sometimes. We can know what the problem is. And it could be a five-minute fix, and it's super easy. And it could be an hour. Like, there could be something worse that we don't know about. It could be longer. So we will never tell anybody how long, even if I know, like, even if I 100% know that the ride is coming back up in 10 minutes, like, they've already started the protocol and everything's happening, I will not tell people 10 minutes because if it's 12, they're going to go yell at somebody. So So the takeaway here is don't go ask a cast member. They're going to give you a generic answer and they're just going to agree, yep, the ride is still down. Absolutely. Also, this is a pro tip. Now that this wasn't around when you worked there, but now that they have all these mobile apps and you can see the wait times and the lines, you can see when something's down. So just go and trust off of your phone and be like, okay, Indiana Jones is down, guys. We're not going to do it right now. You can also tell for some pro tips for the listeners. Keep an eye out on the surroundings around the attraction. Indiana Jones is a really, really good one and a pretty easy one. Like they have a tell. It's like they're playing poker. Mm-hmm. You're just going to have like one, maybe two people out front by the sign if it's broken down or closed. And if it's just those two people and there is no action going on anywhere, it's going to be a while. Don't worry about it. Move on. Check back later or check the app. That's a good idea. But if you start to notice that, like, you'll notice maybe a few more employees come out because they're going to have to start to take all their positions elsewhere. Or you start to notice that people are getting ready with the queue. Like, you can kind of see when they're, like, moving the ropes around to make the queue. Like, you can see action happening. Normally, that is happening because they are getting ready to open the rope and let people in. So keep an eye. Like, it, and if you're really there at, like, that moment in time, like, go to Bengal Barbecue. Go get a snack. Sit there, watch oh, for a Bengal barbecue, and then oh, oh. yeah, I'm it's hungry. the number one. It's the number one snack place at Disneyland for sure. Um, but like, just keep an eye on. Like, there's been so many times when we've been at the parks with family or whatever, and I, and I can just tell. I'll be like, hold on, five seconds. They're about to open, and they're like, what are you a magician? I'm like, no, I just. No. You're like, yes, I am. It's in the wind. <laughs> um. So so. You you in addition to working on attractions, you also worked on a show. I did. I worked on the Hunchback show. Ooh, tell us about that. We were like the opening show. So for anybody who remembered that attraction, uh, 
everybody was split up into sections and you had like callbacks that you had to give to the cast during the show. Uh, so we were like the pre-show and we taught everybody in the section what they were supposed to do during each section. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then also stood there and made sure that people didn't run out into the middle of the stage while they were dancing. It's kind of the same job as what they do at the Festival of the Lion King at Animal Kingdom because they have the different sections. They're like, you're part of the, you know, hyena section or the the lion section. You have to growl when oh, the lion Oh, that's neat. I haven't seen that one actually. You know, I haven't yeah, either. And I love you Animal haven't? Kingdom. I know. I love and it. Like, Animal Kingdom's like my oh. favorite park down at Walt Disney World. Guys, you it's a great show. When it's you funny. Go, and if it's it's I don't think it's open yet, but when it is, you should go. It's got some like really great like acrobatic moments. It's a beautiful like ballet, can you feel the love tonight moment? It's it's a great show. Mm. It's solid. So Yeah, I've been watching that um the National Geographic special on Disney Plus about the Animal Kingdom with all mm-hmm. like it's yeah. really good. Everybody it's should watch so it. good. All that stuff on Disney Plus, they're so genius. And like, have you seen they have all these Marvel stuff now, like behind the scenes of Marvel, and they have the Pixar, like the behind the scenes of Pixar, which is super cool because it's like a block away from my apartment. Um, oh, that's so neat. like oh, that stuff is so good. I love, and it's like giving us something to like tide us over through the pandemic while we're waiting for the parks to reopen. I'm like, fine, I'll sit there and yeah. scream it all on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's true. Um, so I, yeah. I'm curious. I, I'm curious about that that big nighttime show. Fantasmic. Oh, the Fantasmic show. Yeah. I mean, here's so when you first work in, you might think it's weird that I know exactly what date I started working at Disneyland, 10, 1996. But because of seniority purposes at the park, that's basically like your ID. Okay. That's how everything you get is based on seniority and everything you get is based on your higher date. So you have that ingrained in you like nobody's business because- that's how you get scheduled. That's how you get trained on new attractions. That's how you get whatever. So when you first hire in and you don't have any seniority, you work the Fantasmic show a lot. I counted once an estimate as to how many times I had seen Fantasmic, and I was somewhere in like the 2500s, I think. Whoa. And that was before I was done. But also, so after, so I worked Splash, then I worked on Hunchback, and then I worked Pirates. So I was getting it both sides because sometimes I would be working Fantasmic and sometimes I'd be working Pirates. And when you're working Pirates, you're watching Fantasmic by proxy because it's right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I got it all. I, I got it coming and going. You never want to see Fantasmic again, do you? You would think that, but every time that music starts <laughs> and you start to do the little, like, it, I don't know. It's just something that's ingrained in you. I mean, there was definitely, yeah. this is not really in the timeline that we're at, but when I, when I left Disney, I didn't go back for like two years. Like, it's a. You needed a you break, need, right? Kind of, but like also time, and, and that's gone now. Like, I'm fine, but it, I don't know. It's something. Even, like, no matter how you end up, even if you leave yourself or if, like, whatever the cases may be, it's almost like PTSD. Like, I can't believe I'm not going back there every day, so I'm not going to go back at all. At least that's mm. how it was for me. Like, I just didn't want to see it. I didn't want to. Like, hey, I still I still don't like movie theater popcorn because of working at AMC when I was a, for right? years through high school working at the movie theater. I still can't. I smell burnt popcorn and that's triggering. So I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's like weird, weird triggers that go on. But I remember, I mean, like 
it, for Fantasmic, like right in the beginning when Fantasmic first started, that um, the River of America had like catfish in it. And the Wait, catfish what? got, yeah, the catfish got stuck in the, because those water. How were there catfish in that water? Because that water's been there forever. <laughs> like, but how did the catfish eventually be, get in that water? Did people like dump catfish into the water? I catfish feel eggs. like, you know, it's funny. I don't know that answer. I don't know. Like how did they just like that's crazy? So it might were have catfish. been. Did people? It might like, have been these- maybe even before. Like maybe they were trying to have some sort of like, um, you know, like a uh, habitat. Like maybe there were all kinds of animals and stuff in there. Who knows? Oh my god! But so that's, wait, that's so an we're interesting. Like that's an catfish- interesting point. I never thought about. I mean, an alligator made it to Splash Mountain. I think a catfish can make it to the little rivers of America. <laughs> yeah, but how did it? That that's I don't really know how it got there. Point. I, yeah, and I mean, basically, those water projectors that they like put the screens up. Please on, tell me, are, catfish were flying at people through the water projectors. No, even better, catfish guts, because <laughs> they got all chopped up inside the thing, and then they just and, and no, and, mm-hmm, yeah. Did people get covered in like five. catfish blood? Yeah. <gasps> oh. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So yeah. wait, what happened? So. What did you see? Was it a, a catfish bloodbath? It's a nightmare. That's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I it wasn't. <laughs> it like, wasn't quite that severe. You know, in my head, I'm literally picturing like somebody sitting in the front row of Fantasmic and like just getting sprayed with what they thought was water, and then like light shines, and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm covered in blood!" Like, like scream. I didn't see. It. I mean, there's. There, I, I would. <laughs> I did not see it physically. So sometimes I think that it's like I saw it happening, but didn't see like the people. So I don't know the <laughs> end game a la the Avengers. Uh, but there were plenty <laughs> of things that I did see. Like, um, like I was there the day. I don't know if you remember this part of history, but the, the cleat on the Columbia uh, went flying off of the boat and hit somebody at the dock. Whoa. I didn't and know I remember that. I was working, I was working pirates that day and my manager was like standing right next to me. And all of a sudden they were like, I have to go. And they went running over. Um, and then like the whole area was closed for a while and all the ambulances and stuff were, it was pretty, that, oh. that was pretty intense. That was like the closest. I mean, and that, that was like on died? the news and everything. I'm a little, I'm a little worried. Like, what is going on? Fingers and Splash Mountain. Fingers and Splash Chopped up catfish and now like <laughs> people projectiles coming off boats. Um, my favorite, my favorite Fantasmic Day of all time. And still, like I think of this so fondly. So all of those actors in the show are doing multiple parts. Like one of them is like the piece of the snake and then the pink monkey and then the whatever like they all have different and they go to each yeah they have different tracks that's exactly right and then as we know phantasmic ends in culmination with everybody dancing on the mark twain all the characters all at once well this particular day it was the columbia again but the columbia got stuck so it was and this was back when i am not a fan of the new Peter Pan, or the new Pirates of the Caribbean thing, by the way, and Fantasmic. Don't even get me started. So this is back when Fantasmic was right, and it was Peter Pan, <laughs> and they were on the boat, 
and uh, the boat like died in the middle of the water. So the so what happens then is they they pull all the lights down and they 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 couldn't get off fast enough before the next segment happened. So everybody just kind of like stops and drops and like covers themselves and then they turn all the lights off on the ship because then that makes it invisible and you can't see them. But <laughs> the problem is all of those people have other things to do. So <gasps> oh no. They're all stuck on the Columbia. The next section is the barges with the princesses. Uh-huh. And they all come out with their princes. And because the Columbia was stuck, the barges can't get through. So to make a long story very short, finale of Fantasmic, Mark Twain comes out, Steamboat Willie's driving, and Herc from Hercules, or the Phil, Philatides, the little like Danny DeVito one. Yeah. Yeah the only guy on the whole boat and he's just like waving his <laughs> ribbon and running all over the place and and that and that was it they, i'm surprised oh, they didn't the stop end. the show like i know i think, all their performers are stuck on a boat on a pirate ship yeah i i mean i don't know i think at that point maybe because of all the pyro or like maybe i don't know maybe they have to move forward i don't know too much about that it's like you've, you've hit the like you can't you pass the abort protocol so now we must totally. we must finish this as disastrous as it may be totally <laughs> see I, things just, like I, re- this, I remember so, that so fondly is it weird that like i want to spend a day at disneyland where like things go wrong like i want to be evac off a ride I want to be in Space Mountain when they have to like turn on all the lights. I want to see like Fantasmic oh, no, become don't. a disaster. Like Fantasmic, I agree with. Um, getting evac, depending on the ride, getting evac off of a ride can be pretty insane. That's kind of why I want to do it. <laughs> some of the rides are easy, but some of the rides are not easy. Like there is no way to get you out of that Peter Pan fight. If you're in Neverland or you're in London uh-huh. and you're in Peter Pan's flight, the only way down is a ladder. <laughs> oh. I mean, come on. That's the story. I want it for the story. Tell us. But- and Jamie, I can't tell us even- about a time you've had to evacuate a boat or, a, or oh my God. some ride. I've had to evacuate. I, I'll go to – Splash Mountain was actually pretty easy because the um, that one's not fun. Like there's staircases, things that were built later. Mm-hmm. were a lot easier to navigate the situation. So mm-hmm. that one actually has exit doors, places where like literally you just help people out of the log and then you bring them through the evacuation routes, uh, through the mm-hmm. exits or whatever. Pirates is a nightmare because it was not also something that people don't think about with pirates. So pirates, I think before Rise of the Resistance, because I think that's longer, Pirates of the Caribbean is the longest ride in the park. Not only that, but it also holds the most people. So you could get almost 3,000 people on that ride in one hour um, because there are so many boats and so many people in the boats. So if Mm -hmm. you get to the point where you have to evac pirates, it's like like a two-hour debacle. Like it is – and you have to get in waders and boots. There's no other way to do it, but we have to get in the water and physically push the boats to a place where they can go. And then we have to manually pull them back into the storage to make room for the people to get up so that they have a spot that they can get out. Um, 
And if you're stuck on the lift, the very last lift, the one that brings you up behind you by you, like into the, if you're stuck on that lift, if you're in a certain spot, there's no way out. (laughs) You just sit there. Where did you die? On the lift. Pirates. I couldn't get out. I died behind the Blue Bayou kitchen on the lift at Pirates. No, you're all good. Oh, my God. Blue Bayou. Dana, we were supposed to talk about Blue Bayou this week. I promised it. Oh, well. Sorry, guys. We'll talk. You have to tune in next week for a little vault with Blue Bayou. That just reminded me. Oh, I can't wait. We had, like, I have all the little, like, tidbits and secrets from the beginnings of Blue Bayou. But that will have to wait another week. Teaser. We'll leave people in suspense. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so Jamie, tell us a little bit about I know after so if you started in nineteen eighty six, you were there for seven years. That's right. Till two thousand three. And, and you got to see the opening of California Adventure. I did. I was actually the main scheduler for the California theme. So yeah, we're skipping I mean, I I learned a bunch of rides, I did a lot of things, and then I oh. started working and scheduling. Um, right. And then I started, I, I kind of worked like in some special events and, and in scheduling, but then I became the main scheduler for California Adventure all through the testing process and um, and then into the park opening. So in a way, I was working at that theme park too as a scheduler mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was there for the opening. That's awesome. The opening yeah. I mean, the horrendous first iteration of Disney California Adventure. Yeah, like I've definitely been on Superstar Limo, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> I have too. One time when I was a kid, when it, we went the year it opened, and I remember being like 13 and being like, "What is this ride?" I know, but I don't care what anybody says. I miss the tortillas. I think that that that's a miss. Yeah, was that like Rosie O'Donnell who was like giving a virtual tour of the tortilla factory, or Whoopi Goldberg? Whoopi. It was one of the two of them. Well, no, right? Whoopi was the voice of. Whoopi was the narrator for the California Dreams thing. Oh, right. In the Which theater. Where the Little Mermaid ride is. Where now. Little Mermaid is now. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. Tell us about the opening. I know you have a fantastic story. That's one of my favorites. It is. It's share. one of my favorite. I mean, I, I, it's no telling that like par with the course of working at Disney, you're going to encounter a bunch of celebrities. Um, and we always did. And in fact, that was one of the things, speaking of NDAs, not that we had them, but like we got trained on protocol on how to treat them. Like we weren't allowed to ask for autographs. We weren't allowed to, you know, do anything out of the ordinary. We had to just treat them like guests. And uh-huh. for the most part, I can't really think of, like I, I have a, a lot of very good interaction stories at the park and I can't really think of any where somebody was horrible. Um, well, didn't you also great. tell me but, as an aside that you got to walk Johnny Depp through the Pirates of the Caribbean ride? I did. I was there with, yeah, they needed somebody like who knew the ride. We had to close the whole ride down. And uh, he came in like with his team and walked through. I mean, this was before they even filmed the first because we did the premiere. The, the Pirates of the Caribbean premiere was at mm-hmm. Disneyland. They turned all of Main Street into a red carpet, and all the cat, like all the cast, oh, was there. Cool. And then, and then they did the seating, uh, the seats for the. They put up a movie screen, like on the island, like where Fantasmic mm-hmm. is, and there were risers and stuff all around the river, and that's where people watched Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time. All I remember, I remember Kira Knightley. Also, I remember she looked like a spoon in real life. Like she was like so thin that <laughs> like, she was like. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. She was like concave like a spoon. But so that pretty. Out. Um, but one of the things I did when I was doing the opening of DCA was I spent time with Tom Hanks and his wife. And they were lovely people. And I was in college at the time. I, I was America's a theater major. Dad, America's dad, Tom Hanks. It's true. I, not like not like this world is in any shortage of great Tom Hanks stories. Like everybody, <laughs> like come on. But they were so lovely, and I was I was in a show at my school at the time. I was doing Shakespeare, and they were talking to me about my degree and like you know doing Shakespeare and whatever. It was a very lovely day. And you were and walking then, them to their seats for the opening of. Yeah, it was like part of the yeah it was part of the opening day ceremony. So fast forward to a few years later. And I was doing some work on The Terminal, that seminal Spielberg classic starring Tom Hanks. Um, And Tom Hanks continued to be a lovely man. And he would say hi to everybody every morning. And he, like, knew all the crew people by name. Like, you just tell he was, like, a cool guy to be around. And he'd always look at me and smile. And he was very nice. And then one day he's like, do I know you? And I was like, I don't think so. And he's like... He made some sort of joke, like if I dated his son or something, and I laughed. I was like, sure, if you want. Um, and then <laughs> You're like, yes, yes, I did. Actually, we're getting married. Surprise. <laughs> um, and then I was like, well, actually, I did, uh, you know, I did spend time with you at California Adventure. And he was like, yes, the theater student. How did all that go? Whoa. And I just, totally. And I, here was the point of all of that story. Like, he did not know my name. He didn't know why he knew me. He didn't even know if he knew me. He could have just been being a nice guy. But the point was he actually remembered like a tidbit of something on a thing that had happened because Disney is magical and you remember everything that happens there. Oh. And Tom Hanks is magical and, and he's a national treasure. And I love that. I love that he remembered that you were um, a musical th- or a theater like kid. And how, he- I, maybe it was close enough. Like I'm sure if all of that happened now, he'd be like, I don't have any idea who you're talking about. But at the time, it was really, it was really special. Well, I mean, isn't that like a three to five year span that you're talking here too? So that's a pretty big leap of time for it you to have was, remembered. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it was longer than I think it was, but yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. It was really oh, great, cool. and I loved. I loved. I really, really loved scheduling. Actually, it was a very. Um, I have a very. I'm one of those weird people that's like pretty creative and also very analytical. So. Um, it was almost like playing a giant Tetris game, like trying to figure out how I was going to fit everybody into the thing and make it work. And we had enough, you know, you had to have enough people there to open. And um, I mean, if you want my secret opinion, I think that that's why they are going. I think that all these announcements about the costumes and things, uh, while of course it is for inclusion and that is 100% a part of it, I think a lot of it is also going to end up being operationally driven because they found like, they're using the model of what they did at Galaxy's Edge. Like the gist of the costuming at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, oh, you are on. Here's the conspiracy (laughs) corner this week, folks. Like she's onto it. It's a Uh, lot cheaper to make gender non-conforming costumes, isn't it? it? Yeah. And they have, so they basically have like 16 or 18 pieces or whatever. And then every employee gets to choose what pieces they want to wear. But not, so imagine... I'm working at Splash Mountain for the day and there is people call out sick and there's a bunch of problems over at Pirate because not everybody knows every ride. So you also have to pull people's like ride availability and figure out how you're going to make it fit. So 
I'm working at Splash Mountain. Pirates is short-staffed. I'm the only person at Splash Mountain that knows pirates, and, and they're able to find somebody else that knows Splash. So they've filled my spot. I have to go to pirates. But now I have to go get changed because oh, yeah. I'm in a Splash Man- Mountain outfit, and I need a pirate's outfit. And costuming is all the way back behind Main Street on the other side of Main Street. Splash Mountain is like the possible, Galaxy's Edge might be farther now, but the point is that's the absolute farthest point from A to B. So now I'm getting paid to basically get from Splash to costuming, wait in the line, get my new costume, change my costume, turn my old costume back in, get myself with my pirate's costume back over to pirates, and now about an hour has passed before they've gotten to that point. So I'm going to use those two rides as a perfect example because I'm pretty certain when the new theming happens for Splash Mountain and it's Princess and the Frog, now that ride is set in New Orleans, which means that it's going to be in what land? New Orleans Square. Correct. So I would not be surprised if New Orleans Square has a bunch of pieces that you can mix Mm. and match. That is your New Orleans Square outfit. And now, if I get pulled from Splash to Pirates, all I have to do is walk. Yeah, but they can't, like, I I am all for that, and I think that makes sense. But they best not mess with the Haunted Mansion costumes. I also, this is just, like you said, this is the conspiracy thorn. This is just what I'm thinking they're looking at doing, because I'm seeing this from an operational side also that some people don't have. But I agree with, like, those Haunted Mansion costumes. I mean, please, they made Funko Pops in the right. uh, in the mansion costume. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a thing. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's going to be as simple as, like, I could choose, like, maybe it's cold out, and I don't want to wear a dress that day, and I want to wear pants today, and I'm going to wear the tux. Mm-hmm. Which maybe I think is really cool. That. I think that I, I think too. that's I think that's cool that they're they're letting them do that. Well, I'm all for it, Jamie. Okay, thank you. Uh, These wait, stories were fun. Quick. I especially like. I'm never going to be able to ride. I'm never a putting my hand outside of the ride vehicle again for fear of losing my finger. Don't ever put your uh, ride. also. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you, Adam. You don't want to ride Splash Mountain or Spice Mountain with the lights on. Why? I want to see terrifying. it. I know no, that's why I want to see it. You don't want to know <laughs> when you when you are on that ride and you have your hands up and you start to realize how close the track is to your hands when they are up. You will never put your hands up on that ride again. You won't do it. All right, kids. Lesson learned. Hands and feet, <laughs> arms, all appendages inside the ride vehicle at all times. And also the other pro tip. Don't sit in the front row at Fantasmic or you'll have fish blood all over you at some point. (laughs) But Jamie, thank you. That was super fun. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. It it was very fun. Thank thank you for making me feel important. Yeah. And so, so yeah, that's, it's been another week of fun. Um, You know, we, we've got our eyes on, I think for everybody listening, keep your eyes peeled. If you're going to Disneyland, I meant to say this earlier um, over the next few weeks, because rumor is blue Bayou. the other, the other nugget from Ken was that uh, Blue Bayou is going to be opening soon, which I'm super excited about. So keep your eye for that because I think you're going to have to grab those reservations lightning fast if you want to go once they open those up. Yeah, no actual opening date for Blue Bayou yet, but it should be any day now. Nuggets from Ken. Let's see what he has next week for us. Anyway. Uh, Ken's nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, another, another week of fun. We'll be back uh, next week with more.
Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you to Jamie for joining us. Also, thanks for having me. Yes. And thank you to my husband, Ryan. Um, I feel terrible because he, this is our fifth episode. He's been over here editing these for us and doing all that. And I just want to give him a shout out and thank him oh, for yeah. all the hard producer work Ryan. I feel like we should call him producer Ryan. Like I feel like every podcast is somebody they call like producer somebody. Thanks to our producer, Ryan Johnston. Yeah. I'll do it that way. <laughs> all right. Well, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, love us, like us, subscribe us, all those things that they tell you to do. All right. Bye guys. Bye.